Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett at CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. We were devastated by the recent surge of hate crimes. We've got that story plus hipster holograms funded by the feds. But first, Peachtree Corners continues to lead the way in American smart cities from NextGov, appropriately enough. In the Atlanta suburbs, Peachtree Corners is home to more than 40,000 residents. Its biggest claim to fame is the fact that the city itself founded Curiosity Lab, a huge facility designed to help industry test new technology. The city doesn't doesn't charge those companies to use the Curiosity Lab, which includes a mile-and-a-half autonomous vehicle test track. And when it comes time for smart city tech to leave the lab, it's being deployed out in this city to see how it performs in a real-world environment. This article goes through a lot of those specifics. In September 2020, new technologies like 5G weren't yet widely available in Peachtree Corners, but they were still deploying some impressive experimental programs like driverless buses, AI-controlled traffic lights, and autonomous personal scooters. One of the biggest projects going on right now, which may become a model for other cities that want to connect millions of Internet of Things and other devices to a central hub command center, is the installation of a communication system that will support true edge networking. The project in Peachtree Corners is being managed by ASSIST, A-C-I-I-S-T, an Israeli company that specializes in edge networking projects for smart cities. They have lots of smart city projects in the works, with many of them potentially being the first test beds for nationwide rollouts. These include several, of course, green initiatives designed to help the environment and to fight climate change. James, I can't help but hear the word assist and think of something that you lance. Uh, this also, sorry, reminded me of something I read on my morning show. Elderly New Yorkers to get robots to help relieve loneliness from the New York Post. New York state officials will hand out robots called LEQ, which is manufactured by Israeli tech firm Intuition Robotics. So we've really, we've really got all the things, James. Panopticon smart grids, post-humanism, the Jews... Q references? I mean... It's a conspiracy smorgasbord. <laughs> which uh, which flavor do you want today? Well, let me uh, handle the, uh, the Panopticon smart grid side of things, because when I'm looking at this story, my mind immediately goes back to another lab. Sidewalk Labs. Remember that? Uh, the Toronto Keyside project from Google, uh, where they were going to take over this 12-square-mile section of Toronto and smart city it up and make everything connected so that it's Google is watching everything that's happening at all times and all your devices are talking with the street lamps and everything else that's going on and you're totally, completely, perfectly swaddled in the loving arms of the robotic police state. Remember that project? Well, if you don't, you can refresh your memory because, of course, James, we you'll remember we covered that back in June 2019. Surveillance capitalism. Toronto urged to abandon Google's smart city. And we, as we did note at that time, even the uh, former Ontario Privacy Commissioner, Anne Kavukian, who was on the advisory board for that project, resigned over data concerns, saying, hey, this is, this is going too crazy. They're trying to take all your data. Um, and the follow-up to that that we did cover in uh, February of 2021 actually came from May of 2020, just as the scandemic was starting, where they did actually officially cancel that project. Of course, they took the weasel way out. Oh, because of the pand the scandemic and uh, monetary concerns, and we don't know how this is going. So we're we're just putting this on hold or whatever they said at the time. It was a weasel way out. But it does show that at the very least, wide scale 
mass resistance to these types of projects can sometimes yield fruit. Um, I'm not sure if that even applies to Peachtree Corners and what they're doing with their Curiosity Labs, but at any rate, I hope that we are at the point where people at least understand the stakes of what what this means and where this is going and why we do not want a smart city watching and controlling absolutely everything we do at all times. But I've been wrong before, so uh, I'm, I, I, be, I stand to be corrected on this point. At any rate, I, I know our audience knows the stakes and knows why it is important to reject these technologies outright before they start coming into the uh, the consumer market. But at any rate, it's good to know that this exists. And yes, they are working on it. And as I've said many times and will continue to stress, these technologies already exist. They are only looking for the best way to introduce them to you. And I think that's probably a lot uh, to do with what the Curiosity Labs is really aiming at. What's the, what's the most user-friendly way we can roll out this Panopticon smart grid technology to the public? Well, and it almost seems like the scamdemic would have been a fantastic opportunity to show how great these technologies are. That's always one of the things that flies in the face of so many of these things. Instead of trying to bust everybody down, why don't you show why why your your ideas are better and will compete in the marketplace? This also strikes me, James, in some ways like the AI promise, like the GMO promise. It always maybe seems a little more aspirational than operational. But a part of the mission is, of course, getting us all to believe it and then, of course, expect it and maybe even, I don't know, beg for it. Our second story on this new world next week, episode 486, Brooklyn Hologram Studio is getting millions from the CIA. We grabbed this from The Intercept last summer. Looking Glass Factory, a company based in the Greenpoint neighborhood of Brooklyn in New York, revealed its latest consumer device, a slim holographic picture frame that turns photos taken on iPhones into 3D displays. Linus Sebastian, an affable YouTube personality behind the immensely popular tech channel Linus Tech Tips, gave his viewers a preview of the technology. He praised it as freaking awesome, especially considering the progress the company made since he had, you know, toured their office two years earlier and they got two and a half million in Kickstarter money. Aside from what I would imagine be the main sort of customers for this, NFT hipsters, Looking Glass Factory's other customers went unmentioned in any of the splashy coverage of the new device. And I would assume dude would have to put like this is a paid promotion. They're flying me around to go look at their stuff. I, I would I would assume missing in this coverage was some of the biggest customers just the Central Intelligence Agency and the Department of Defense. The military was interested in holographic technology, but the price was always a potential obstacle. This is, again, how how the state works. They wait for somebody to do something, of course, as always, better than they can do it, and then they'll, they'll buy you out one way or another. The high cost of assembling holographic display devices are restraining market growth, noted International Defense Security and Technology, a trade publication, said that last year. One of the growing players in the market is Looking Glass Factory. They received 2.54 million of technology development funding from NQTEL, the venture capital arm of the CIA, from April 2020 to March 2021, and just a paltry 50,000 bucks of small business innovation from the US Air Force in November 2021, that's pretty recent, to revolutionize 3D virtual reality visualization. With a brick and black metal facade, Looking Glass looks from the outside like just another art studio in New York City. This is Brooklyn. 
but its connection to the intelligence community is not disclosed on its website or on any of its public-facing materials. Looking Glass Factory did not respond in email to request for comment by The Intercept. NQTEL also did not respond to a request for comment. So, James, would you care to comment? I would. Thank you. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I hope people will read through the article um, because at the very least, hidden in here as sort of an Easter egg for those who persist, is an edition of InQtel Quarterly from fall of 2014, which was specifically looking at virtual reality. It's called Virtual Reality Check because apparently, yes, InQtel, which let's remind our viewers or inform newer viewers to New World Next Week, InQtel is the venture capital arm of the CIA and has built up a lot of the Silicon Valley um, giants that we know of today, directly, indirectly, what have you. So yes, IQT Quarterly is a publication that you might want to have on your radar. I, I must admit, I did not have it on my radar until I saw this and followed the link. And you can go read the volume six, number two, fall 2014 edition of InQtel Quarterly, IQT Quarterly, about virtual reality, which does at the very least make an interesting distinction, which I hadn't consciously thought of before, the distinction between the holodeck sort of virtual reality with manipulating real light and real matter around you versus the matrix reality where you plug in and it all goes into your senses directly and things like that. Yeah, yeah, you better believe these people spend a lot of time thinking about these things and how best to implement them and the different uh, implications of different ways of doing this. But uh, although this, I think this article kind of starts to take the tack of, oh, they're just wasting taxpayer money or something along those lines. And they talk about the Army's uh, failed IVAS system, the Integrated Visual Augmentation System that Congress spent hundreds of millions of dollars on and had nothing to show for it because it was a total failure, blah, blah, blah. But I think that kind of misses the, the deeper point of this, which is that, yes, not just the military, but also the CIA and its venture capital arm and various other deep state actors are very interested in virtual reality, augmented reality, metaverse type of technologies, holograms, these sorts of technologies. And yes, there's going to be a lot of pie-in-the-sky stuff that doesn't pan out, but I think that's, that's the distraction. We know where this is going. We are increasingly immersing ourselves in these digital worlds that are being created and rolled out for us right now. And you better believe the CIA and all of the other alphabet soup agencies want to have their fingers in that pie, directing you so that they can more uh, thoroughly control everything that you see here and experience, which will more and more be everything that you do online in the digital world. Um, I, I think this is really this, in, in some ways, might be the story of the 21st century, is our our relationship to this media that we're in, being increasingly embedded in. So I'm, I'm going to have more to say on that coming up very shortly. But anyway, I think this is one window into the fact that uh, this is this is a hot research topic, and they are spending lots and lots of money on it right now. And yeah, there's some s silly projects that won't pan out, but there's other things that that will. And for every hundred flops that IQT InQtel fund, they fund a Google or something along those lines. And when they have their fingers in that pie, and it becomes the center of your digital universe, they've got you by the digital cojones. So. Anyway, that being said, I think this is an important story for a number of reasons. I hope people will at least give it a read. 
future combat systems indeed in other shocking examples of collusion james i just ran across one i got from blacklisted news earlier documents reveal how pentagon turned the top gun sequel into a recruitment and pr vehicle i know you'd be shocked to hear that news uh and maybe slightly more shocking news from the corrections department. It's the monkey lady apology. Last week I said the lady that got scratched after the monkey truck crash in Pennsylvania in February died. I got fake news. I don't know that it was it wasn't necessarily maliciously fake news, but I got fake news. I got tricked. I apologize. She still is alive and hissing. The the good thing out of this, James, is how folks are paying attention and are doing their own research. And I got emails and comments that said I don't think that's right, man, to, to double-check that. And indeed, they were right. I was wrong. I apologize. As my punishment, James, I'll have to cover this rich, creamery butter. K-pop supergroup BTS meets Biden and speaks at the White House. From Rothschild Reuters, South Korean boy band BTS, a fundraising juggernaut for U.S. social justice causes, met with President Joe Biden at the White House on Tuesday to discuss hate crimes targeting Asians. The K-pop stars made brief statements to reporters prior to the meeting, calling for a halt to crimes targeting Asian Americans. We were devastated by the recent surge of hate crimes, including Asian American crimes, band member Jimin said through a translator. The meeting came as Asian American and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Month in May drew to a close following a sharp upswing in talking about hate crimes against the community last year. See ya, Asians. It's pride flag time. The meeting, of course, was closed to the press. Weird stories of just gaggles of people piling up outside the White House. Go home was trending for hours on the horrible Twitter platform, I have to admit. The musicians, that's, wow are known for using their lyrics and social campaigns aimed at empowering youngsters since making their debut nearly a decade ago in 2013. And don't you dare ever say anything remotely disparaging about them or the MK pop stands will exact their brutal revenge. They have a giant online army. It's cool. I didn't say anything. The thing, James, I find kind of stupid, fun, dumb about this story is is you, you can see some of them. How geeked the new Brandon administration press gaggle were for all of this when they're the same types that, again, because we're totally dealing with adults here, cried and screamed and made violent threats about bringing dignity back to the White House. Can you imagine if Orange Man Bad had had pop stars in the White House? Fake left would have flipped out. Oh, wait, I'm just receiving word that both those things happened. Trump met with Jeff Skunk Baxter, Kid Rock, Kanye, Mike Love, Jim Brown, Christian rock bands. James, without saying anything negative about BTS, what do you think? That's an unfair stipulation, so I guess I can only say smooth like butter, like a criminal undercover. Gonna pop like trouble breaking into your heart like that. Ooh, cool shade stunner. Yeah, I owe it all to my mother. Yeah, no. the the uh, The grisly truth is that my both my children are BTS fans, right in their wheelhouse. So there we go. What a what a wonderful world. They'll be happy to hear about this news. So don't come after me, uh, K-pop army. I'm uh, you've already got my family. Um. So anyway, yeah. Uh. What what is there to say about this? Yeah. Speaking of 
media runs the world. Yeah, it is funny to see adults, the people who are running the country in the Biden administration, the teleprompter writers, are freaking out. Oh, yay. Woo, wow. It's so great to have these K-pop stars here. Um, it really does show you where the real center of power is. And um, it relates back to uh, something that you were saying on one of the interviews you did recently. You dropped a bunch of interviews recently, if people haven't been listening to them. And I was listening, and you uh, mentioned that I think it, you were citing Clyde Lewis in saying that politics is the entertainment, uh, the showbiz arm of the military-industrial complex, something along those lines. At any rate, here's the case in point of that, isn't it? It's like the wannabe showbiz people in the fake psyop distracting uh, arm of, of the deep state are, are lusting after the real showbiz icons, right? This is the way it works. Anyway, um, all the world's a stage and all these politicians are merely players. I think it was Zappa that said something about politics is the is the entertainment division of the military industrial complex. My buddy Clyde Lewis altered that and said politics is show business for ugly people. So that's why when when in pre-production for this episode, that's why when all I said for my story was build back butter, you 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 knew what I was talking about. <laughs> So that is New World Next Week, episode 486 in closing. James, do I do I throw it to you for a big announce? We didn't talk about this before we started to roll. Do, do we do this or not do this? I, I don't know which announcement, but I guess we could announce the USB. <laughs> is that what you're talking about? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, I did mention it on the podcast uh, that we just dropped. Um, so if people haven't seen it yet, yes, the USB of the data archive for the Corbett Report, the first edition of 2007-2008, that's every single article, every video, every interview, every podcast for the first year and a half of the Corbett Report website, is now available for pre-order. And please note the pre-order on that, because it is still being manufactured and shipped. It will be another 10 business days, apparently, till they're physically actually there in media monarchy land so they can be shipped out around the world. So please keep in mind this is a pre-order. It will take a few weeks at least for you to get yours if you order it today. But at any rate, it is available. And as I explained, please watch episode 419 if you haven't seen it yet. But as I explained, we're going to be releasing every single year of the website of Corbett Report. All the videos, all the articles, everything is going to be on these USB thumb drives. So you will be able to preserve the data. And I do truly appreciate the people who do that. Um, not only you support the website, but you also support the actual research and keep it safe, nestled in corners, far-flung corners of the globe. Um, having said that, uh, of course, it is also available for free download. So if you want to just go and download it physically from all my servers for zero dollars and zero cents, you can do that at any time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the idea is that essentially, you know, we're saving you the time and energy and 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 bandwidth. Uh, so you did just see that most recent email, I assume, that says there's a 10, 10 more day delay. There, yeah, James. Yeah. Okay. The fun of production. <laughs> the fun of production. When I mean, we are actually, I, we get the impression they maybe haven't done projects like these. So in some ways, we're kind of training the production company and hopefully it'll be a good relationship moving forward hopefully the folks at the production place will be like 
we're the ones that do the corporate report DVDs. <laughs> we're going to be rentaling some people in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Uh, but of course, yeah, we run the the NewWorldNextWeek.com store from right here in the states. And again, NewWorldNextWeek.com has the DVDs, has my radio play, has some of our shirts. Not not this classic moldy oldie, but some of the newer, better, more designed shirts. Again, a huge big thank you to people who've been reaching out after my calls for land, for real estate. Again, my wife and I are looking for possible places to relocate to and or invest in, looking to avoid, of course, banksters and middlemen. Please email me, james at mediamonarchy.com. You don't want to mess with all that stuff and you just listen to my radio station Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time, but you, thank you, you did mention it. I posted a ton of new content on Memorial Day when I had taken uh, some time off back in April. I was actually recording a bunch of interviews. I published them all, played them all on the same day, including my appearance with Richard Grove on Grand Theft World for the epic origin story of Media Monarchy. I was going to joke that I was I was in the studio and was bitten by the bug and had to do media. I also talked about the Kurt Vonnegut short story turned Showtime TV movie on conspiracy cinema, talking about Harrison Bergeron with my buddy Gerder. And perhaps most importantly, we published our exclusive interview with Major J.D. Marmion on his fight against the mandatory MAGA jabs for the military. James, as we've talked about, we got big plans in our ongoing work, but again, we can only do it with people's support, and it's support like that, that, James, you can celebrate your 15th anniversary, buddy. Huge congratulations. I am humbled and honored to be a very small part of 15 years of Corbett Report. Awesome. Well, I could not have done this series with anyone else, so thank you for being there for uh, 11, 12, 28 of those years. I don't know. I've lost count. A long time. <laughs> Nearly 500 episodes. So thank you. And thank you to everyone out there for making it possible. James, you keep doing what you're doing. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. We'll be back next week. All right, buddy. Take care.